This is Alvin with Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network, Good Health Inside and Out. And today we have Brandon on the show. Man, welcome Brandon. to the show. Please tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you do and uh, all the amazing things you got going on. Oh, man. Well, first of all, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet you through a, through a friend of mine, what, about a year ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, we work in the same industry in the same space as I work in. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brandon Anthony Clark, uh, and I am a wealth advisor. I strategically operate in the realm of cash value, life insurance, and estate and estate planning. Um, and what I essentially do is is take advanced concepts, financial concepts, and I just try to just make them simple. Mm. Uh, my background is not finance. My background is I, I grew up in South Carolina, uh, raised by my grandmother. I played sports. You know, I, I did go to college for criminal justice, um, but it's kind of like one of those things, especially with my generation, you know, being millennials, you know, born in the, you know, late seventies, eighties, you know, we, um, we were kind of taught that traditional path, you know, go get an education, nothing wrong with getting an education, but I think sometimes the, um, the importance of education falls second to like life skills and, and skills that you want to, that you need to, to be able to function, I would say, as a productive adult in society, right. you know, um, being able to to um, um, negotiate, being able to learn things that you don't know, being able to go out and just make friends. Right. You know, a lot of wealth is, is built on relationships. They always, I heard this saying, this guy said, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. The and more hands you, you shake, the more why, money you make. The more money you make. Why is that? Because number one, people buy from somebody they like mm -hmm. and they trust. And so, when you are, and this is something that I had to learn myself, because if you don't come from wealth, you have to kind of force your way into that environment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's why, you know, wealthy people hang out with wealthy people. Right. right. Uh, poor people hang out with poor people. Right. People who work out hang out with people who work out. People who right. party hang out with people who party. Right. Birds of a feather flock together. That's you know, that's, <laughs> true. That, 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 that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. So um, my, my background, I got, I got out of school in 2009 after playing football, um, and I went more of a traditional route of just working a job. Okay. You know, a lot of a lot of times when, and I think my story is no different than, than than most people. Mm -hmm. When you get out of school, the first thing you do is you you find a job, and it's not even necessarily a job that that you want to do. It's just a job that you got to take because you got to put food on the table. Right. You got bills to pay. Right. You know. And so you just start working job after job. And then you just look up one day and be like, man, where, where did, how did I end up here? You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't what I, what I thought my life would right. look like at, at this. You know what I mean? So you kind of just do some reflecting and that's what I did. I did some reflecting and some, some searching and, um, ended up getting into this, this, this atmosphere of, of what I, what it is that I do now. Um, and I think, um, something that I don't talk about, I talk a lot about wealth. Right. Building wealth, generational wealth, financial literacy, financial education. But the biggest piece that's even more important that is developing as a person, people skills, mm -hmm. right? personal development is, I would say, would give would, would be the number one reason for kind of where I'm at today. I'm by nowhere, by no means where I, where I want to be. OK, you know, but the, traje the trajectory, we going on the right path, you know, meeting people like you, right. so just, uh, giving me this opportunity here. You know, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, man, you know, I, I was I was on your podcast at first, the first time, so I appreciate that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I really enjoyed it. it. Was you and Ryan, I believe, 
They had a good yeah. time with, and, and I watch a lot of y'all stuff and the things that you do. I keep up with, and sometimes I'll come in and out on some of the classes that you may be teaching uh, to try mm-hmm. to teach. Uh, I'm impressed that a lot of times you have a lot of younger people on there making these big financial moves so soon, and they know the game so well. I was like, yeah. these guys are like young, and they know the financial game. And you, you, is he, are these people that you taking under your wings that you teach, or, or, or where, where these guys come from? Oh, is, is it? Or is it what you said? Wealthy people stick together. Well, there's a, well, wealthy people do stay together. I have mentors who, 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 um, you know, it's crazy. You sometimes when you meet like people who are wealthy, you would never know they were wealthy, right? right. <laughs> At all, you just don't know. They don't. Right. They don't carry themselves like how you think they carry themselves. But one of my mentors has been in this industry for uh, about 25 years. He started when he was like 22. He's like what 47, 48 now. Okay, and so he's wealthy. He's, he's a brother too. So that 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 tremendously helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, just having somebody to connect with, you know what I mean. Um, but as far as the, the the guys that I've been working with, I'm assuming you're talking about like Anthony Enriquez. If you yeah, see him on the, yeah, these are young guys, um, just like young guy. Yeah, there's also Deontay uh-huh. who who who, um, who uh, I work with as well. So the the background between me and Anthony, him and I used to work at a, a company together. Okay. And, um, when I kind of left that company and started the independent route, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like kind of like leaving a, a major label and right. going the independent route <laughs> you know I, um so i kind of get just real busy and then I, I i needed help and so i was looking for people i could trust and anthony just happened to be one of those people so we just started working together and then by us working together um and just kind of marketing and things online uh i ended up meeting deontay okay. and, I, and, and deontay is very very special talent very gifted brother man he's he's well-rounded in um everything not not just finance but he's like into you know politics history just just so so well-rounded so well-versed with things and so he's able to communicate in a way uh that i'm not even oh, excuse me able to communicate with. you know because sometimes you have to to hear things from different people in a so some people just communicate differently right and so what i'll say might not click for somebody mm-hmm. but let's say if he says it or if you say it then that might click for that person and so we just you know, they learn from me, but they I wouldn't say they um I don't I don't think they need me is what I what I'm saying. Those are those are smart guys, you know. We just happen to work together and, and we have a relationship, friendship. Yeah, they they yeah. are smart, man. To listen to yeah. how they break down uh, the whole insurance game and how you should put your money uh, here and put your money there. And then the guy right. that you talk about about the political thing, he just turns off and on two different things. And it seemed like you all I, I would I think you all compliment the whole team, y'all compliment each other. So we call him right now. Look. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know we talk about him. You know we talk about. Him. Yeah, he man, y'all, y'all, y'all are good. I, I like, I like the team you put together. I like the team you put together. Now let me ask you something: yeah. Is your whole thing that you do is it specifically just to insurance, or are you also getting into the crypto and and Bitcoin and all those kind of things? What are you just? Is it insurance related stuff only? That is, is your focus? Right now is predominantly insurance, mm-hmm. right? And and the reason why is is insurance right now. Now, keep in mind, I do have other things that are going on behind the scenes that are we're not ready to make public. public. Okay, they do involve crypto. They do involve um, basically it's a, a hedge fund. And so, if you guys don't really really know what a hedge fund is, it's a think about an insurance company. Right. Insurance companies you pay premium, and they take those premiums and invest them. 
Right. That's, that's a hedge fund because they're just managing money um, or, or trying to get you a better return than you would otherwise go out and get yourself just trying to invest, not really knowing what you're doing. Okay, so right. get this right. So you're going to start a hedge. You work, so I know you don't want to talk much about it. Now you'll talk about it the next time you're on my show, right? Next, next time. Okay, next so time. I won't get into that. Let's just go to the insurance thing. Please tell people how, from what I'm understanding, the way you, the way you talk about the insurance is you mm-hmm. can take, let's just say $10,000 and mm-hmm. you can take that money and make that money work for you. And the way you break it down so good about, I was looking at this one thing you did about mortgages. I said, okay, I got to get to the point where I can uh-huh. make my mortgage, my insurance uh, investment pay my mortgage so what I decided yeah. I would try to do first is start off with something small like try to mm-hmm. get enough into insurance where you can first start paying my car car note yep. then yep. I'll graduate from the car to the house and then that boat that I that I want so yep. so tell tell us again exactly in the simplest turn exactly how they work let's just start with a small dollar amount let's just start with five thousand okay. dollars what can a person do at a minimum can they at least take five thousand dollars at a minimum pay their power bill Yes, they could. Right. So the, the way you want to look at insurance is not and, and it's so hard because insurance gets lumped into every other insurance. Right. Because you got health insurance. Mm-hmm. That's a bill. Mm-hmm. You got car insurance. That's a bill. Right. You got renter's insurance. That's a bill. Right. And most life insurance is a bill because of how people buy it. Right. So you got to think about what we do is that that's why the education piece is so critical when it comes to insurance, because insurance is the easiest, most simple way to create long-term wealth. Okay. You literally are buying money for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Notice why I said buying money. Nobody thinks about it like, wait a minute, buying money. What does that even mean? Right, right. Well, it means that if I had $100 and I bought an insurance policy that insured me for a million dollars, I have a contract or a promise that, that I'm worth a million dollars on paper. Okay. You see what right, I'm saying? All right. Now, just like you have a house that is worth a million dollars or whatever the dollar figure is, that's an asset that you can leverage. And just leverage just means to use. It just means you can use your house to buy things. So I can use my insurance policy, the value of it to buy things. So essentially what happens is I take all of my income mm-hmm. and I pay my income as a premium into an insurance contract. Okay. Right? It's no different than taking all your income. Well, I, I don't know why you would do this. And this is why you wouldn't do it for <laughs> with a house. Right? It's why credit financial literacy is, is so important because there's only there's there's two types of loans that are out there. Okay, two a types. Why don't you take a slow? Let me get this now. Two types. All right. Or two types of credit. So you have a, a loan or an installment loan. So that's like your mortgage or your car payment where you just take out a fixed amount of money and then you just make payments on it. Okay. And then you have revolving credit or a revolving loan. Right. And that's a credit card. Okay. 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 So the difference between the two is let's say if you had a a, a car payment. And you say your car payment was five hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Once you pay five hundred on your car, you can't go back and respend that five hundred. That money is in that you're paying that money back to the bank. Right, right. Whereas a credit card, let's say if you had a limit of a thousand dollars and you swiped all thousand, right? So now you got no balance left on your or you have a thousand dollar balance on your credit card. But if you were to take even five hundred, pay it into your credit card, now you can spend another five hundred. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So different, different types. So let's, let's look at it this way. Traditionally, people are taught pay off your house fast. Right. Right. Cause you don't want to be paying all that interest. You want to own the house. Right. Okay. That's one thing. So sometimes people will make extra mortgage payments. Right. 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 That is more money that is leaving their pocket and going back to the financial institution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So if something happens, something comes up, they can't go back and, and, and ask for a refund of the mortgage payment that they they just paid into the house, right? That's true, right, right. You know, the only way they can do that is to say if they got enough equity in the house to where they can refinance or maybe open up a line of credit. Mm -hmm. But that's subject to what kind of terms? You gotta, gotta have good credit, right. you gotta have income. It's subject to the value of the house, which could, which could change yeah. everything, right? So let's say if I had an insurance policy and I wanted to take all of my income and pay it as a premium into the policy. So hold on, let me, okay. let me get this right. So, so let's just say, I, let's say I, I bring on $5,000 a month, right? Mm -hmm. so I take all of that $5,000 and put it into insurance premium. Is that right? Okay, yep. and then tell me what happened after that. So what happens after that is now I, I got two options to use that money. Okay. I could withdraw it. And withdraw just means simply like, like a regular checking account. Mm -hmm. That's how most people pay their bills. 5,000 goes into your checking account. And let's say your bills are, I don't know, 5,000 a month. Uh -huh. Then you just go write checks and pay your bills. Right, right. Right. And you don't get nothing. And now you only got a thousand left. Right. Right. And so when you have that thousand left in a bank account, it's not doing anything. It's not earning nothing. Right. 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 It's not earning nothing. Whereas the insurance, I could do the same thing, right? right. I could basically either withdraw five or 5,000 and pay my bills, or I can loan myself 5,000. Okay. To pay my bills. So okay. I put it in this in Brandon's insurance company. All right. Mm -hmm. So I I borrowed five thousand dollars from myself. From yourself. Now that sounds crazy, don't it? Sound good though. It's it's good. So people be like, why would I borrow my own money? That don't even make sense. Why not just spend it? <laughs> so so, so when I borrowed when I borrowed five thousand how what's happening with the five thousand that's in my insurance? Because now I took five thousand. I took so let's just take let's do it real simple. I borrowed five thousand from myself. I took twenty five hundred and paid the mortgage. I took another twenty five hundred and paid all of my office expenses. How yep. do I cap? Where am I making money at? You are making money when you borrow your money. So when that money goes in the policy as a premium, mm -hmm. you're going to earn anywhere between zero to 10% on that, that money as it's inside of the policy mm. per year. And that, and that growth is tax-free, right? So think about it like the value of your home going up gets more valuable as time goes on. It's compound and growing interest. Now, when you take a loan, and this is why you don't withdraw it, you take a loan because you're using your cash as collateral. You're going to say, hey, insurance company. I don't want to withdraw my money or use my money. I want to use your money. Okay. The reason why the insurance company lets you use their money is because you got 5,000 of collateral that you paid in your policy. Right. Plus the death benefit of the insurance. Right. Right. That serves as a repayment of your loan. Okay. So this is a loan that we're not even paying back because we already paid to borrow it because we have the insurance, the insurance policy itself. Right. So let's say if I have five grand and I borrow five grand mm -hmm. and I spent it and I never repaid the loan, the insurance company is going to deduct five grand from that death benefit. Oh. You see? Okay. So now I just created a, a, a system where I can turn my cash, save my cash, and use my cash as credit. And let's think about how this is the effects of what this will look like over 20, 30 years. If your money is making on average 7%, in your policy, mm -hmm. but you can borrow against your money at 4%. Even when you spend the money, you're still making, what, 3%? You're still making money on your money. 
Now let's take the same scenario. You take five grand and you spend five grand. Mm -hmm. Now five grand is not doing anything. It's not making nothing. And now you gotta go rework mm -hmm. to make more money because you didn't put that money to work. That's what the Bible talks about. The Bible says put that money, put it to work. You wanna finance everything. Right. You never wanna spend your own cash. OPM, other people's money. I've heard, OPM. Quite, I've heard quite a few people say that all the time. Um, you want to you want to spend yeah. other people's money, not your money. Right. You think about how powerful words are. You think loan loan automatically means I'm going to get paid back. Mm -hmm. Right. Spend means what? To exhaust, to deplete is gone. Right. So when we spend money, we depleting it. Whereas when we loan money, we put our money in a position to where it's going to come back. And that's done through borrowing and lending, borrowing money, lending money. You feel me? Borrowing money. Even when you put your money in the bank, mm -hmm. right? You are lending money to the bank. Right. Because, because why? Think about it. You don't just put money in the bank to just let it sit there. Right. You plan on using it or going and taking it out at some point. Right? So, so, so you, let me yeah. let me ask you this. Um, so it sounds like to me, if you got if you have a savings account and you have twenty thousand dollars sitting in a savings account, you probably need to put that in your insurance policy. Yeah, because it's not making you as much interest in mm -hmm. insurance uh, in the bank as it would be if you had it in your insurance policy. Right. Wow. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So. Y'all listen, if you got a lot of money you have sitting to the side, even if it's five thousand dollars sitting in your savings account, yeah. but you tend not you're pretty good at saving. Sound like yeah. you need to have it into your so so let me ask you what's the security? What's the security of that? What if I mean what if can can I lose my money? Oh no. Mm -hmm. I was actually gonna, gonna gonna talk about that when you said twenty thousand sitting in the savings account. Okay. Even even the bank knows. So think about this. Your cash is an asset mm -hmm. for you. When you deposit that money into the bank, it is now a liability of the bank because they owe it to you. Okay. Okay. So where do banks keep their reserves, their cash reserves? They keep them inside of insurance companies. So if you go to the FDIC, FDIC stands for Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, mm -hmm. right? And matter of fact, any bank that you, you go, you'll see a sticker in the window that says FDIC insured. Right. Right. So if you go to their website, you can literally pull up the balance sheet of any public bank. The balance sheet just tells you what assets they have, what liabilities they have. Most banks, one of their largest assets is life insurance. Right. If you scroll down to um, you typically it's like line 41, line 42 on, on their balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Banks literally have uh, I know Bank of America has 25 billion. Would it be? dollars inside of life insurance cash reserves and that's tier one capital tier one meaning the best think think about it like top shelf right <laughs> you drink a top shelf uh alcohol that's that's tier one you know what i mean not tier two or three right right or well it's, it's the top level you feel me <laughs> so, yeah. so man, let me ask you something what about so i've got uh -huh. corporations where they talk about corporations when they um hire people they actually take out an insurance policy on you. Yeah. Is that true? What, what, Some corporations, yes. Some corporations, yes. Uh, matter if matter of fact, we talk about the banks a lot of a lot of a matter of fact, the strategy that we we use mm -hmm. like with our clients is the same level of policy that banks use when they insure their key level employees. 
Okay. So the thing about insurance is you have to have a person to insure. Right. Okay. And so um, if banks have all this cash, all this capital, the reason why they, they, they buy insurance is because they're able to be able to get a safer, more predictable return on their money. What do banks do? They lend money. They lend for cars. They lend for all the businesses. They credit everything. And that's all credit that they have. Right. Insurance companies can't lend money like that. Well, they can lend money, mm-hmm. but they can only lend dollar for dollar. Right. We only lend dollar for dollar. And the type of investments that, that insurance companies hold are things like corporate AAA bonds, mm-hmm. is it, the government bonds, the same, it's basically the same thing. And so um, just like we as people have credit ratings, so do businesses and governments have credit ratings. Right, right. And, and AAA is the best. So if a, if a corporation is listed as a AAA company or like a government is listed as AAA, that means they have a really solid credit corporate or credit rating. Mm-hmm. And so insurance companies lend them money by buying bonds, by buying bonds. Okay. 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 So that's how they make money. So safe okay. is predictable. And that's why they got a lot of cash just sitting in reserves because they can't spend that cash because they got a bunch of death benefits that they got to insure for people. Right. So, so go ahead. No, no, no. Cause I'm, I'm trying to follow this. Cause I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do with my little taste of change. When I get me some, when I, I'm, let me, when I get all my money, all uh, of it, I mean, it, all of it, when it start coming in, I need to know where to put my money. At. It ain't going to be no uh, bit of change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let me actually, um, to the person, when I say lay person, a person that may not have a lot of money, right? Uh, that's just getting started out into this whole thing and they just getting into the workforce. I mean, what do you tell them? Do you tell them to start right now, get you an insurance policy? And if you do, what kind of insurance policy should a person get? Even if they don't even, even if they're only making a couple of hundred dollars a month or whatever, what mm-hmm. kind of insurance policy would you tell them to get? So I would, what I would say is the key thing you want to have starting out is is financial discipline. You want to be able to build a habit of saving money. That's literally the only thing that you need to, to, to ever become wealthy. Okay. I don't care if it's $1 a week. You just start the habit of saving that $1. And then something magical happens. The way you start thinking about money changes. Okay. You, you go from a, 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 a poverty uh, mind state to an abundance. You know what I mean? So that's the first thing like uh, that, that you want to have. Now, what I will say for this type of insurance, you want to have some money already saved up mm-hmm. because insurance has costs, it has fees. Mm-hmm. And so if it's, um, if you think about like a car, right, you got to be able to afford to maintain it, put gas in it, get the oil change if you want to get the best performance. Right. Um, so ideally you want to have consistent positive cash flow and be able to save money. Okay. If you can do that, then this is a, a good type of account for you to, to use and leverage. Now, when it comes down to the specific type of insurance, there's, there's two types that are, I would say the most popular, right? You have whole life, mm-hmm. which is a, a form of permanent insurance. That's what a lot of people use as well. Um, it has, I would say more guarantees, but it's more, more rigid. It's not as flexible. Okay. All right. Um, and then you have index universal life, which has um, less guarantees. And when I say less, the guarantee is zero percent, whereas in a whole life, the guarantee is two percent. So it's like, OK, it's not like it's zero, but you get to earn up to 10. And on average, you're making seven because 
index universal life is indexed to what the stock market does. So you're actually able to get stock market growth with zero risk. You see what I mean? So it's a pretty okay. safe way to be able to, to be able to leverage your own cash, right? And so an index is a lot more flexible. Okay. Um, typically in, in whole life, you're gonna have a, a fixed premium. Mm-hmm. It's more rigid, meaning like you have to pay the same amount. In IUL, you have a minimum premium and then you have a maximum premium. And you can pay as often as you want or as little as you want. But just understand that there are, um, I mean, there's just, when it comes down to, the, to designing a, an insurance policy, man, there's a lot of th- a lot of details that have to be <laughs> gone over, man. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's not that simple just to go in and say, okay. It's, it's, not, yeah, it's not that simple. Like what I will say though, this, if you're, you're considering uh, getting an insurance policy to be able to do what, what I talk about, mm. you want to work with somebody who's like doing it. So, you don't want to so just go to just anybody and, and say, hey, you have you heard of IUL or, or paying your mortgage through an insurance policy? Because that, that, that's just a conversation that less than 1% of 1% of people are having. So so that, I was going to ask you that, that my next question mm-hmm. was going to be, how do you identify a good insurance? It's broker, right? Insurance broker, is that what you consider? How do you identify yeah. a good insurance broker that how would you how would I know that that person is the right person for me, or did they know what they're talking uh, about? How do you identify that? Okay, well, how do you identify? Well, you want to ask them some questions. The first question is, how long have you been doing this? Okay, all right. Okay, do you do is this all you do, or do you do this and have another job on the side? If they're doing two things, then that's no. Okay, find somebody that only does this. <laughs> the, the reason why I say it is because chances are they have two jobs because they haven't, they don't make enough income doing this. Cause this is a, a, a job where if you don't help clients, you don't make any money. And if you still need an extra job, that means you are probably not that great at this one. And I'm just being honest. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Or it just means they knew. And, and, and I was new cause I, that's why I can say it because I don't, I don't, I done been through this. You feel me? So, <laughs> I done been through the knocking on doors, driving around. Like I done, I done, I can't. What this is was just, was a struggle. It was a struggle, man. So right, I now, wrote a struggle. So and this is all you do. You you the good insurance guy. You the good broker. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. So that's what you. So key point for sure. Ask what do you do? Okay. Second question is all right. What type of policies do you have? What what insurance do you have? That, that's really the only thing you got to ask. And if they, they can't tell you what they have and why they have it, then you, you need to keep searching or fumbling around or, or they don't even know, like then that means that that's a salesman right there. You don't want to, you don't want to be talking to an insurance salesman. They're not there yet. <laughs> They're not there yet. So, They're not there. Okay. So Brandon, let me ask you this. Uh, so when you talk about insurance, a lot of things we talk about now, we've had COVID on the rise and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of people have pre-existing conditions and all those kind of things going on. Um, yeah. And I think insurance policy, some of them are built around whether you have, whether you do or don't have pre-existing conditions or something like that. Unless, in, unless, unless we have something that Congress has passed that they don't ask those questions or something. But right. isn't that isn't that a problem or isn't that like a, some one of the things that people will will, will have will run against when they say when you offer an insurance policy and they say, well, I can't get one because I have cancer mm-hmm. or I have this, that, and third that I've had before. Isn't that, isn't that an issue a lot of times? It can be an issue sometimes. Um, every case is different. I've gotten people approved who've had cancer before, like breast cancer. Mm. Um, 
they've been in remission for a certain amount of time, then they can still get approved. Okay. Right. Um, sometimes we can submit things in a way to the carrier. Cause think about it. We are the, um, we're the brokers. So our job is to, to help the clients get approved. And so and when we send in an application, it goes to an underwriter. The underwriter hasn't seen the client, talked to the client or nothing. All they're doing is just looking at an underwriting guide and the application and they're making a decision based on the labs or whatever they find. And so if they don't have like a, a background or a story or a cover letter, then it's harder for them to do their, do their job. But if we dress it up, put a cover letter on there and say, this is what happened. Uh, okay, this person was diagnosed with diabetes and currently taking metformin. Um, you know, but in the last two years or the last year or so, you know, they've lost X amount of uh, pounds. They work out regularly. These are their labs. This is their A1C level. Like all those things come in. They help build a picture for the underwriter. You see? Okay. So is, mm -hmm. is, is there is there a particular group of people that you just simply can't write an insurance policy for due to health conditions? Like people, I guess, HIV and AIDS and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Uh, even HIV and AIDS, you could still get something like this. It depends on time, right? If you really diagnose, then that is insurance company doesn't don't really like to see that. But if it's been ten years or five years, whatever, and, and let's say you're healthy, mm. you know, then you can get approved. Why why don't why don't they teach more about? Because I know a lot of people were like I've. When when you talk about insurance and the first thing is like, well, Alvin, I don't have this type of insurance because you know I'm gonna have this, that, and the third going on. And why is mm -hmm. it they're not like a, a marketing campaign for that? Uh, is it is it is it because the policy will be too cost too much or something? Um, that's a that's a tough question, man. Uh, in some cases, so traditionally, life insurance is, is approached from the death side of it, right? Right. right. People tend to shy away, not want to think about death or whatever. So, right. you know, and, and let's say you do have a, a critical condition like that, mm. then that, that it even becomes more of a reason for for you to have insurance. But at that time, it's, it's kind of too late. So, like, the cost of the insurance isn't going to really give the, the type of benefit that somebody will be looking for because in right. some cases, the premiums could be too much. Right. Okay. Um, now, in, in our design, because we're using people's expenses to fund the premium, like we're taking bill your bill money plus a little savings that you could do, and we're we're building a policy off that. So you're actually able to to pay for the account using your money that you already spend it anyway. Okay, because you're just flowing into the account. You know that is something that we are trying to position the right way because uh, that is not a, the right fit for everybody. Because sometimes the cost will still outweigh the benefit, but there's still sometimes some things that we can do, such as putting the insurance on a healthy person and then letting the unhealthy person own the policy. So they still get to take advantage of okay. the cash benefits and things like that. Right. But they, they, the, the policy will perform better. You know, I like the fact that you, and you're, you're real transparent about it because I just heard you mention that sometimes the cost may outweigh the, the benefit. And to me, mm -hmm. that's a good, that's a good, uh, Example of a good of a good agent because you're not just trying to sell a policy. You know you're trying to really help the person. So that's that's that, that stuck. Yeah. I, I like that. So so <clears throat> what about age factor? How, how does that? Uh -huh. Was that? I mean, what's the what's the deal with that? As far as um, getting approved, or as far as the performance of, of how the account oh, get, get getting approved. I mean, is there a certain age limit that you try to? 
there, there's you can get insured up to 85 years old. Mm. Up to 85. Now, what I will say, the premiums at 85 are, are going to be high. They're going to be up there. They're going to be high. But like I said, there are some creative ways that we can we can do and design these. The way we design these these policies is so creative. Like when I first saw it, you guys, like I couldn't sleep at night because I had been in the industry for three years. I had never seen anything like I had never seen a policy designed in this way. And when it was shown to me, I tried to poke as many holes in it as I could. I was like, how come I haven't seen this? What's what's something this can't be right? Because not only am I learning more about insurance, I'm learning more about leverage. Like, you know, a lot of people have been talking about credit and refinance houses. And how, like debt is actually a good thing. You know, if it's, you use it responsibly, that opened up an entire new world, you know? So even now what I would say is age doesn't, it affects us but not the way we think it would, okay. right? Mm-hmm. The older we get, now we're focusing more towards legacy. Right. Right, we're focusing more towards legacy. Wealth. Generational wealth at that point, okay? So let's say, as a matter of fact, my mom, my mom is like, what, 61? Wait, 61, she'll be 62. I hope she don't this. see this part says you're trying to count, try to figure out how old she is. <laughs> right, right. So it's her. We're actually finally getting her through the underwriting process to, to have a policy the way we have. Okay. Now, tr- traditionally, people use this for um, the way we design is meant to be more like a supplemental retirement income. Okay. Right. But the biggest factor in all investing is, is time. Right. The more time you got, the more money you can grow. So we can build the account for her to grow some money, but it's not going to be like a million dollars, but it will be like a little bit, but the biggest, the biggest part and the, the more benefit, the, the part that she's more focused on is the legacy piece. Mm-hmm. So she's in a position where she didn't, she didn't have financial literacy. She, mm-hmm. nobody taught her the importance of, of saving and, you know, credit and uh, all that stuff like money away, you know? Yeah. So she, you know, and I picked up a lot of habits from her when I was younger, as far as like getting money and just spending it, you know, like that's just, that's kind of like that's what, what it is. You get money. Yeah. And, that's what we do. You know, it's more, it's, it's just kind of like that. You always just, here's some money, oh, got to spend this. Like, you don't even really get to keep it because it's just flowing right through you. Mm-hmm. You know, but she, she, for her, she's like a giver, right? For her grandkids, she'll do anything. <laughs> like anything, right? <laughs> Christmas comes around, like she'll, she'll spend her last money on, on getting presents for the, for the kids. I'm like, mom, you don't need to, you don't need to buy them nothing. They, they good, right. but she don't care. Right. <laughs> so for her, I know it's all about leaving something for the grandkids. And so we able to to design her policy in a way to where it be more death benefit okay. legacy for Okay. You feel me? Which is gonna be a blessing for me and for my kids. Right. And we can just start keeping that money in the family, like as far like we even have trust set up um for the family. So like uh the way the way I was set up is we have a trust that owns all of our insurance policies. When the benefit pays out, that benefit pays out to the trust. For the trust for tax purposes. So, right, you want to circulate. So, this is my last question. Let me ask you this because I because uh, I can keep you here forever. Um, yeah, we can, we can. We can. That's why I got to come back. Yeah, of course you're gonna come back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm already thinking of. I'm thinking of, of that. I, we need to do an insurance series. You know. Um, so, so tell me, do you all set up trust or that's something? Because I thought the, the attorney does that or you all do the, the paperwork financially for the insurance piece. Is that, is that right? 
We do the insurance piece. We refer over for the trust. We got some some people that we work with that all they do is structuring. So whether it's business structuring mm-hmm. uh, or um, like a state planning mm-hmm. type of structuring, they okay. do that as well. Um, it's a team. Actually, it's a team in Dallas, and there's a team in the D.C. Maryland area. Okay. In the in that area, who who specializes in that? And that's who usually who we refer people to, so they can help them out. One of them is Dr. Monica Andrews. Okay. Dr. Monica Andrews, if you want to check her out, she's on Instagram. I think it is at Dr. Monica Andrews. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Um, and and so the one other thing, the last thing I'll say, mm-hmm. then then I then we'll come back. Um, I want people to understand uh, when you do the insurance, when you're setting up their insurance policies. And then they have to do mm-hmm. all their uh, medical assessments and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then they's like, well, I, I, I know Brandon. I don't want Brandon to know I got cancer or whatever. I don't want that to. It doesn't work like that, right? You just, they do their right. physical and then it comes back whether or not they do qualify or they don't. Right? It's, right. it's not like it's That's exposing right. themselves, their personal information to to you. Right. Yeah. We're not the, the doctor like that. We don't come out and, and do blood and urine. There's a nurse third party that that contracts with the insurance company. Mm-hmm. They come out they see you. And then from there, they will um, send over all the, the details, all the information directly to the insurance company. And then the underwriter uses it. OK. And then what the person qualify? The, the underwriters want to know all y'all business. But the, the other people, so if you have a personal insurance person, you don't have to worry about and I asked this question because uh, uh, one of my uh, some of my business friends that I have, I was trying to explain to them about whole life insurance too, because I told them last mm-hmm. week that I had you on the insurance. Like, listen, I don't know nothing much about it. I just had my little insurance for a long time, and I remember <laughs> I I learned about whole life insurance policies over twenty years ago, and wow. I'll tell you how I learned about it. One of my other friends was selling Prime America. Okay, and I'm like. What is this? He's like, listen, man, you got to get it. It only costs you fifteen or twelve dollars. Alvin, just think about it. if you get it now, it's money. I was like, man, I only did it because it was a friend of mine. But it, but he okay. taught me into getting a whole life insurance policy, and then all the benefits there was. And uh, so I I remember uh, you had to do the nurse had to come out and do all this kind of stuff. And I was like, why are you all in my business? Like, man, it ain't even like that, you know. So, and I said, how many people that probably won't do? He's like, probably a lot of them because they're wondering yeah. whether or not you're gonna find out what what their whole medical records like and all that kind yeah. of thing. So, I'm like, that's not the case. But it's a lot of things yeah. in our community, specifically in our community, that we have pet peeves yeah. about. And sharing right. our personal information is one. Is one so. social, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's one of them things, man. But that's it goes back to mindset. That's why personal development is is a the number one step somebody got to take. You got to develop as a person. Mm-hmm. Get out of the scarcity mindset. Move mm-hmm. to the abundance mindset. If you always think somebody trying to like scam you or do something to you or you know what I mean, like it's just kind of like that's just you. That just says the type of person you are. And I used to be like that. So that's why I can, that's why I say it. Like I had to shift that way of thinking and be like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody steals my information. What? It's trust what's issues that we built, built over a, a while of, a, of, a, of, of our people. So put it like that. Right. Yeah. Hey, but check it out. If you walk around believing that bad stuff is going to happen to you or people's going to steal your information and do that, then likely that's what's going to happen because that's you putting that energy out into the space. You know, if you believe good things going to happen to you, the good things gonna happen to you. Like even this this whole opportunity that that I got here today, 
because I took a leap of faith to get into an insurance, get into the insurance industry itself. Right. From there, I just learned like I, I just never was satisfied with just the basic, just the basic knowledge. You know what I mean? Like if I do something, I want to be the best at it. Right. Like that. that's just it. And just by me wanting to be the best at this, I had to learn how to develop my personal skills, my personality. I had to 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 become more of a well-rounded person, not not be scared and not be uh, like standoffish and, right. you know, just be more open. And that, that's just stuff that kind of just came along with the territory, you know? Wow. And so I just want to share that because, you know, we talking insurance now, but there's, there's bigger plans. It's bigger than just insurance, man. Oh, I'm gonna keep you know, I want to, I got you. the gospel, okay. you know what I feel? The good news. I'm trying to bring the good news. Man, I, appreciate it. I really do, Brandon. Thank you yeah. so much, man, for being on my podcast. And you, I want you to say you will be coming back, right? Yes, I will. All right, because we got to talk about the hedge fund. Yeah, and I, that hedge fund got me like okay, and yeah, we, we, we were talking about the hedge fund because I, I, I was watching. Uh, I, I noticed this morning reading the news that Bernie Madoff's sister and sister and brother-in-law committed suicide today. For those that don't know who Bernie Madoff is. But that mm. whole he had a big Ponzi scheme going on with that yeah. whole thing, and I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. Uh, but that's the, the reason why I ask: make sure you get the right people to right. work with you. That that's important because a lot of people can be, you know, swayed by the wrong people that they don't they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Brandon said, if the person got more than one job doing this, if they working at uh, fast food and they trying to sell insurance, that means they just not ready yet. Doesn't necessarily mean they're not acting; yeah. they're just not ready to handle your money just yet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please tell people how to reach out to you, how, where they can get in contact with you and know everything about. Right on. So y'all guys can reach out to me um, on Instagram or on TikTok at Brandon Anthony Clark. I also have a YouTube channel. Just search my name. You can find me there. I post a lot of content there. Also, the website is www.brandonanthonyclark.com. And the only reason why it's my name and stuff, because I was so opposed to it, but, but one of my... And I'm so glad. And this is the last thing I'm going to say before I get I out of here. I know why he said okay. Come on, tell it. I want you to tell the people why. The last thing, one of my very first clients, uh, he's in the real estate space. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he said, you know what you should do? You should get your, your name, get the domain, the address or whatever. Just get it right now because it's, it's digital real estate, right? He said, um, Going forward, if you have a business, you have to market and you got to be searchable. People just got to know you. So you don't want to have like a bunch of, let's say, crazy stuff. You want to just something be simple, something easy. So just whatever you do going forward, just make it your name. Make it your just name. Be your name. Just be yourself, you know. And so I took that, that um, took I guess took that to heart, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I was always, uh, yeah, I had people, I had, I, I've heard people say that you're a brand. Oprah talks about being a brand. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of great things about being a brand. There's some scary things about being a brand too. Yeah, uh, but there's yeah. some great things about being a brand. I myself have just named all my companies my company's name. Yeah. Everybody might not like the fact that I'm vegan. Be like, uh, uh, Alvin's vegan, so I'm not gonna do no vegan. Yeah, Alvin, you the man, bro. Yes, yeah, like that. <laughs> you the man, Alvin. But you know what I'm saying. Appreciate man. you. But yeah. I'm gonna be on your podcast next. Let me know when you get ready. And uh, hey, all right, I will. And when I come, when I come out there, we're gonna do this face to face. Yeah, come. Look, we got plenty of room, man. You just see this. You gotta get them vegan cheese grits, bro. Come, come. I got you. I got you, <laughs> thank you man. Brandon. Thank you so much right. for being on the show. You have a great day. Yeah. All right. All right, man. You too. Bye. Bye. Right, bye.